Welcome to Below the Line, where we talk about working in Hollywood from the crew perspective. My name is Skid. I'm a former assistant director and your host. Today, we're talking about The Princess, currently streaming on Hulu. And my guest is Linda Armstrong, the hair and makeup designer. Linda, welcome to Below the Line. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to have you on the show, Linda. Thank you. A warning for listeners, today's conversation may contain spoilers. So Linda, to kick us off, talk to me about the role of hair and makeup designer. The hair and makeup designer um, reads the script, analyzes what the characters should look like. If it's period, you look up you look up the period that it's meant to be in. Then you um, you design the look of each character and physically do it as well. So you you have to be able to to actually put it in place as well as having your team. Obviously, you can't do it all yourself. <laughs> Now, and this is not a role that I've seen on U.S. productions. Yes, in the States, they don't actually even call them designers. They call them heads of hair and heads of makeup. In England, we have a grade called makeup and hair designer. And the history of it is interesting. In film, many moons ago, it was separate like it was in the States. It was hair and makeup separate. In TV, it was hair and makeup together so the BBC had a department that did both I in fact actually trained through film so I first trained in makeup and as time went on the hair and makeup in film a lot of people do both now and design both and for me you know I'd worked with amazing hairdressers as well so I learned a lot from them as well so that's how I've decided to go into doing both because to do and design a look it feels right that it's the hair and the makeup because you know makeup did ball caps and they do beards and hairdressers always did the haircuts and the wigs but that was it and the makeup did the rest of the stuff so it just seems to gel to me that they would work together that makes sense to me as well And let's talk about the work you did specifically now on The Princess. And I think it's important that for folks who haven't seen the movie, again, we're talking about spoilers, but more generally, the premise of this sort of summarizes one of the challenges you have to face in hair makeup. And that is, it's like a long series of battles. Like it's basically this adventure through the tower. Tell me a little more about when it came to you and and what you saw in the script. It's an unusual Disney script, actually, because you think it's a a fairy tale, basically. It starts as a fairy tale, but it's a story of a girl who becomes of age, but she, she fights her way down this tower to save her family. You know, I mean, it's full on the whole time. It's just the minute she wakes up, she realizes that she's in cuffs and off she goes. And she fights all the way down. So it becomes like a big battle. Yeah, it's a battle all the way. Now, there are some flashbacks and there are some cutaways, but there's not a lot of time jumps. In other words, her look has to develop over the course of the film from one scene to the next. That's absolutely correct. So when when I designed it, I first of all think of the period and then think about how I could distress her from the very beginning so she looked sort of like 
queenly or, you know, with the beautiful plaits around her head and then all these pearls and then little decorations going down the back with little plaits. But I had to think about is if she started in the tar and she's fighting her way down, that she's going to lose some of these plaits, pearls and ornaments in her hair. And also to keep some part of her hair that didn't go in her eyes as she was fighting. I mean, right. her hair was um, 30 inches long, so it's very long hair. <laughs> and if she's swirling around, you know, she doesn't want to hit herself with, with actually a, a pearl as well. You know, you, you have to be very careful and she needs to be able to see what she was doing. Joey King plays the princess. Talk to me about working with her on kind of figuring out what this look is going to be. Joey was um, an exec producer as well on it. And um, we, we talked a lot about where these damages, basically, it was even more, it was the wounds and the bruises, you know, because she goes through a sequence of fights with these marks. So we had to work out between us what happens to her in one fight, what happens to her in another fight, because it all, all happens within, you know, it's not a very long period of time. But shooting it was different because maybe we did after fight three first. So we had to sit and work and work it out with Joey. So, Linda, to be clear, you did not film it in order. You didn't start with the opening scenes and then let her look develop gradually over filming. You were jumping around to different parts of the fight. So had to anticipate what she would look like at that point, already knowing what had happened to a fight you hadn't already shot. Yeah, we would talk with her and she she did a lot of, um, you know, practicing with the, the stunt guys with each fight. And I'd talk with the stunt guys as well. And um, we'd sort of work out, OK, well, you've got this bruise here and you've got that bruise there. And also with her costume, she lost um, bits of her costume through the sequences. So we talked about, well, what was underneath her costume? You know, like she bashed herself maybe against a wall. Well, there must be a bruise there. So we could sort of work on that. And also little scratches and things like that. You know, they are very visible. They bleed a lot to start with, but then they disappear quite a lot. So, you know, we had water scenes. So little scratches and blood would wash off and then we could start a bit more again. But bruising's different. The colour changes and stuff. So, You know, the water scenes you referenced really struck me as a challenge because... She goes into the water, not once, but like three times in the course of this adventure. And of course, how her hair and makeup and the wounds she picks up are all affected by that. Again, something that you have to anticipate and plan around. That's exactly it. And also you have to work out, well, you know, she's soaking wet. Well, how quickly is that going to dry? And you have to use products that maybe looks like it's wet, but it's not actually really wet. Because, you know, it's so uncomfortable and we make up products that we can put in our hair that makes it look wet, but it's not actually wet. Little little tricks <laughs> that we do. Yeah. And also, you know, when she's underwater, you know, to make sure that the cuts are still there or the bruising is still there. That's another challenge. And I think it's interesting to point out that the opening scene really does establish where she's sleeping as she's first coming up. And it is a beauty shot, almost a sleeping beauty shot. And then we develop the combat and how hair and makeup is going to be part of her evolution from that first moment mm. down through the fighting and the and the rescuing of her family. Yeah, that's that's it. And, and you know, there's like there's some there's some lovely, 
you know, she wakes up and the first person she has, you know, she um, she has this fight with and, you know, she puts the pin from her hair in his eye. Well, that's it. You know, that was a nice prosthetic to do. That was a nice another nice little number for me to do. So we had to sort of work out with the um, costume people what this pin was like and how long the pin was and how when it was in his eye, you know, I had to work out like how far it had gone in. So it stayed there. And yeah, loads of things like that. Yeah. And so it sounds like to pull all of this off, your collaboration with costumes and the other departments was really critical. Yeah, you have to do it like that. I mean, you know, there's no point in somebody saying, oh, well, he gets stabbed in the right eye. And actually then when it comes to it, it's the left eye and you've <laughs> made a piece for, you know, it's so, it. I mean, that has happened. It's, it's a bit, you know, so you, you try to talk to everybody and establish which one it is and, and so forth. Yes. And get from the props, the pin, and then send it off to get a light pin made because you can't put the heavy pin in a prosthetic because it would pull the prosthetic off and yeah. Now, Linda, I know different directors are engaged in this process to different degrees. What was it like with uh, Lee Van Kitt, the director on this film? Well, Kitt had um, done a, a Vietnamese film that had done very well, and it was fighting. And one of the, um, like Veronica, who's in this film, was his leading lady in it. Veronica No, who played uh, Lynn in this movie. Yes, and she's very... Um, I mean, she's an amazing martial arts person. And his whole thing was, I can disguise doubles if their hair goes across their face. Well, that's, yes, that's true. <laughs> but it doesn't work in some certain circumstances because Joey couldn't fight with this hair across her face. So it presented another problem, which I think I showed Kit, is that actually you can get, you know, make a doubles wig and make somebody look very like Joey. And so he didn't need to have that. I mean, obviously it was a little bit higher budget than what he'd made before. So I think he, so there was, there was things like that. He, he was very, the fighting thing was very important to him because that's what he was coming through, you know? And yeah, it was, it was interesting because, you know, what he chopped for was, it, it was a similar in some ways, but it was a different sort of, it wasn't a Disney film. So so, Linda, tell me some of the other character designs. What were your favorites? My favorites? I actually really like, I really enjoyed doing Joey's. I mean, Joey is like, you know, she's the main character through the, the lot. But what I, what I enjoyed about it was that it was period, but fantasy period. So I could go off into some little directions with other characters. So in my mind, with... Um, the costume designer had decided that, you know, medieval's over four centuries. It's a lot of centuries. And we decided with the with the king and queen and Joey really in, in a way to go for early medieval. When we went to the two baddies, Dominic and Olga, we went a little bit later and some of the crowd were even sort of slightly tudory. So we sort of had, we had different places to go, which was nice for me. And it meant Olga and Dominic were very dark. You know, everything was dark leather and, and whips. And, and so I played with that with their hair and their makeup. So it, it took me out of that period. You know, Olga had much more makeup on her face, you know, slightly 
you know, a lot of black coal, but they, you know, warriors and stuff would wear coal if they wanted to. You know, you just get coal and put it on. And her hair was very dragon-like, like a whip that was coming down. And Dominic's was sort of a very flat Mohican type hairdo, which was not really in period, but it put them together as a group. And then we had Veronica and Christopher, who were the Oriental side, which was lovely to do, actually. With um, Veronica, I put loads of plaits, braids, but I put material in with it. So it gave that Oriental colours and greens and blues, and it matched Christopher's hair, which was, I put a sort of samurai sort of knot on it with, with the same colour leathers. So it kept them together. So I made sort of groups, basically. And the marks were just, you know, dirty down, but medieval looking because they all had their beards and they were more structured at that time, actually, to be honest. And I noticed when we're talking about the mercenaries, yes, there's a bunch of them, but there isn't a generic mercenary look. Like even each merc has a certain character aspect that you must have had to bring your expertise to as well. Yes, every single every single merc was designed. Some would have beards with little ornaments in their beard. Um, some would have longer or shorter hair. Some would have scars. There was acrobatic mercs that we had to, I had to be a bit careful about what I designed with them because they were flipping over all the time. So, you, you, you know, you don't want to like stuff that's going to be hard to stay on. And we had the big Mark, which um, had the horns on and he had his helmet. Right. The death guard. He has this huge helmet yes. on for a lot of it. And so he's he's the one that she takes the helmet off. She get, grabs this horn, swivels the whole helmet. Well, he's got long hair underneath and a wig. And so that was that was <laughs> interesting, but we managed to like we had to sew it in, and I mean just you know sew it into onto his own hair and like for our I mean, but it didn't move. But um, yeah, that was and then with the costume we had to get stuff just to make it a little bit not catch so much on his wig. So inside his helmet, there's all these things that you you know you have to deal with really. When you're talking about the jumping around, there are these mercenaries who are explicitly gymnastic. In other words, they're hopping up and down the steps. And and again, I think their look, you're right, has to be designed in a way that that's not going to cause them problems in actually doing the doing the stunts. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, and actually, in one of those scenes, Joey loses a lot of her pearls from her hairdo. So I had to, you know, go, OK, how many pearls has she <laughs> lost now? Because she throws them down this the stairs so then she doesn't have those pearls later on yeah it's there was a lot of working out things and but it was fun it was fun all of them were fun to do so then how much prep time did you have versus how many weeks were there of actual filming okay so i had four weeks prep which i did a few um two weeks in england and i did two weeks actually it ended up being three in Bulgaria and then we shot for I think it was like 12 weeks yeah was it was you know it was quite quick it was quite full-on but you know it's nice to be busy and (laughs) you know I you know (laughs) Sofia's a nice place so I've been there quite a few times so there's a crew I mean I did bring one or two of my own crew 
from here, but um, there, there's a crew that I use in Sofia and because I've been there a few times. So that's always nice to have people that, you know, working with you again. Now, 12 weeks of filming again, as we mentioned earlier, there are some flashbacks and some some cutaways, but that's a lot of time period to maintain these looks like we were talking about. Were there any moments where you're like, oops, I would have done that different or anything that tripped up over that time? Anything that was particularly challenging? Well, there was um, something that was quite challenging was that um, Joey has, um, I didn't put a wig in Joey's hair. So we put extensions and I, some were fine extensions around the edge. And then there were thicker extensions at the back because if her hair is going to get pulled and all this, you don't want a handful of extensions coming out. So we sewed things in and, but of course, you know, they only last for a certain amount of time. So you then have to redo them. And, um, you know, that's a bit of a challenge because I got the hair and all the products made in England and uh, they don't have they don't have the stock or the, the things in Bulgaria. So, you know, we have this lovely thing called Brexit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so it takes quite a long time to get um things to European countries and also at the time we had COVID as well so they were big challenges because I had to get more extensions out they had to be taken out and then put in again that was a big challenge yeah and very time consuming and her hair was you know dyed as well so we had to keep dyeing it right to keep it again you were shooting over 12 weeks but it's all taking place in the film in a period of like two hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, Linda, I think all of those challenges and, and discussing them with you, it's really fascinating what it took. But again, it was all in the background because in the movie, she looks consistent through and through. And so congratulations on, on how this came together. Thank you. That's really nice. Thank you. I'm glad. Well, that's that's the aim, isn't it? That's the aim. <laughs> Linda, on that note, we're going to call it a wrap. Thanks so much for being on the show today. That's my pleasure. Listeners, I always appreciate your feedback. You'll find my contact info on our website, below the line, one word, dot biz. That's B-I-Z. You'll also find past episodes and links to all of our social media, so check it out. Linda, what have you been working on or where are we going to see your work next? I designed a thing called Damsel, which is finished. Um, and then I've been working on a lovely project called All the Lights We Cannot See, which I've just finished, actually, which is... A four-part series for Netflix, and the director is Sean Levy, who you might know from Stranger Things and a lot of other things, actually. It's an amazing book. It's World War II. I think it's going to be an amazing series. I mean, I think it looks really, really special. Yeah, I'll definitely watch for that on Netflix. And Damsel, was that another medieval-style piece, or...? Yes, that's another medieval-style piece. <laughs> yes, that is. Uh, my closing credits are to the usuals. Thanks to Curtis Five for our music, John Juan for our logo, and to all of our listeners, I appreciate you. Please rate us wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends. Thanks again from Below the Line.